Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another uh, Bible in a Year podcast episode. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the ever-so-loved book of Jonah. And uh, today, I'm joined by Harley. Thanks for, for joining us, Harley. Thank you for uh, letting me be here. And uh, I thought I picked a really easy one, but I guess there's some nuances to this book that make it a little more uh, interesting. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on. We, we kind of all get... Uh, stopped at the fish i feel like that's that's everybody <laughs> stops there that's all jonah is but right yeah you're right when you stop and kind of look at what's going on in, in jonah there's there's yeah. far more to it than just the fish yeah initially i thought it was like a, a story about the fish but then more i got into it and did a little research um it was more a uh a story of his his flight was not necessarily uh because he was afraid of being hurt by the Assyrians, maybe he was. It was more of a story of vengeance mm -hmm. that he didn't want the Assyrians to uh, to reap the benefits of uh, God's mercy and, and yep. love if you know they repented. Yep. So instead of going to do what he was told to do, he headed the other direction, as far away as he could. <laughs> and that seems to be what some of us do at times. <laughs> yep. So to start out, before we kind of dive into the content of of Jonah, and of course talk about the fish. Uh, it's helpful to kind of talk about some of the, the background of Jonah. Now, Jonah's kind of a unique book in terms of uh, we kind of accredit the book to being written by Jonah, but there's there's quite a bit of uh, scholarly debate behind that as far as if he wrote it or not. Unfortunately, we don't have any other any candidates. So in terms of debate, it's probably Jonah. If it wasn't, we, we don't have a whole lot of clue. That is one of the things I found interesting is that it's – not a book of his prophecies. Mm -hmm. It's a story about Jonah. I yep. think it's the only one in the Bible that is a story about a prophet, isn't it? Or... Yeah, of all the minor prophets, because that's kind of where he gets tucked into, is right. generally in the, all the minor prophets. He's the only one that is not a uh, prophetic book in terms of yeah. talking about his prophecies. It's just right. a, a sort of story about his life yeah. and this little short journey of his. Yeah. The uh, little snippet of his life, you know, mm -hmm. what happened prior and what happened after. Uh, of course, uh, it was an interesting snippet of life, too. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so, so in terms of authorship, we, we assume it's probably Jonah. That seems to be the most accepted. But the reason we, we can't be certain of it is, you know, it's not like it's marked at the beginning, I, Jonah, write, you know, something like that, like some right. of the other epistles or, or prophetic literature. Uh, in terms of when it was written, again, because we don't get any sort of, you know, postmark as we do in some other things, like when the the temples being built, we can kind of date that. We just assume it's sometime in the early to mid eighth century, um, you know, because of the fact that it has to do with uh, Nineveh and, as you were saying, the Assyrians. We can kind of date it with those those ruling classes and what's going on through through Jonah's eyes. Um, and I also usually like to include rulers, but because this book is narrative and it moves rather quickly in Jonah's eyes, the only thing that's really important for us to know in terms of ruling is the ruler of Nineveh, you know, the, the, the guy that Jonah has to come and talk to. Right. He's, he's really the only ru ruler that's that's of importance. Yep. Uh, now, in terms of context as to what's going on here, uh, before we get into it, you know, Jonah, he gets this this task from God to go talk to the, the people of Nineveh, Nineveh and get them to repent. Uh, Nineveh at this time is kind of living like the old city of, of Sodom and Gomorrah. They're, mm -hmm. they're not doing what they should be doing and they've, they've gotten 
abundantly wicked, right? And Yahweh says, either you got to repent or I'm going to destroy your city. Right. And like you already said, Jonah doesn't want to go because he doesn't want to see them receive God's forgiveness. So he goes basically in the other direction. Uh, so that, that kind of covers our, our historical context to, to Jonah. Uh, what stood out to you? But what? What stood out to you from inside the book? Well, you know, the first thing that kind of struck out to me was the when he was in the boat with the sailors, mm -hmm. um, heading out into the sea, and the storm hit, and they cast lots, fell on him. Uh, he's down below taking a nap. So I guess the storm wasn't really weighing on his conscience much up to that point. Doesn't uh, seem like it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he was taking a nap. But whenever the, the sailors, uh, you know, pointed out that, you know, it looks like we're going to sink if we don't figure out what's going on, uh, and it looks like you're default, he, he fessed up. He said, yep. yeah, it was me. Uh, and uh, they wanted him to pray to his God. Uh, he said, if you want to make this right, you need to throw me overboard. Um, they did. But what was interesting at that point is they prayed to God. Mm-hmm asking for forgiveness for killing this innocent man and then they converted uh so you know god's mercy was first seen in this book right there with the sailors uh, yeah. receiving the mercy and the love of god because of jonah and because of his uh disobeying god and going in the wrong direction um yeah, luckily, luckily there was a fish there that uh, <laughs> swallowed him up. It kept him from drowning. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you, you talk about the um, the sailors and and how they're brought to faith by what happens with Jonah. Because as I was reading this, I, I couldn't help but start thinking about uh, oftentimes when we think about how God works in our lives, it's easy to think, well, that was just you know happenstance. That wasn't actually right. what God was doing. It just it right. just happened that way. Right. But we see here. It, you know, God's hand is directly involved with everything Jonah does. And it's, it, you know, if they were, the, the sailors could be thinking, well, it's just coincidence that there's the storm and these things, but yeah, God's got a hand in it. And those times when it's, you know, if this is just coincidence, you need to stop and think and think, oh, seems like we got to give God a little bit more credit than we're willing. I've always been a firm believer that things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, it's not for us to always know what the reason is or That's be, sure. you, know, you know, or even like the reason. But uh, things happen for a reason. Um, I had once been told, I forgot, I forgot where I heard this, but it always kind of hung in my memory, is that, that uh, the task of, of God is kind of an interesting thing, right? Because if, he, if his hand is always visible and you, know, you pray and he gives you whatever you want, then nobody would do anything, right? Everybody would just sit and say, right. okay, God, give me my food and give me a house, give me clothes. But if he doesn't do anything, then, you know, the world's going to kind of fall apart. Yeah. So God has to operate in this fine line where if you're not believing, you can say, well, it's just coincidence this is happening. Right. But in reality, he's kind of working and you just got to have your eyes open for it. That, that ties kind of directly into uh, Jonah's prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if I was sitting in the belly of a fish, you know, having you know, been you know, in the sea drowning and... Uh, I probably would have started you know, negotiating. Yeah, <laughs> That's for sure. If you do this, I won't do that. For uh, you know, all the things that I've done wrong, I'll try. I, you know, I, he didn't do that. He didn't ask for anything. All he did was give praise uh, to God, mm -hmm. and and it was a, a prayer of thankfulness, I guess, uh, yep. more than anything. Which uh, 
I found that very interesting that in that situation, he would, of course, I guess you would be thankful that you were breathing underwater yeah. <laughs> in the belly of a fish yep. or, or a large submarine, whatever. But uh, yeah, I found that to be interesting as well. Yeah, that's for sure. And in, uh, even in his prayer, you know, when I start thinking, of, if I were to put myself in his shoes, the language he uses here uh, in chapter 2, uh, verse 3, he says, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then he goes on to say uh, that he's kind of at the root of the mountains. I mean, this is deep. scary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he's deep. It's not like he can see the, the top of the ocean. I mean, he is... I mean, it says he's wrapped up in the seaweed. He is hitting the base of the sea here. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'd be scared, too. That'd be a, a terrifying thought because, you know, even if the waves were to let you go, you're probably not going to make it to the, to the top of the ocean to catch a breath. But he also, oh, in that prayer, I can't remember the exact wording, but he said, um, thank you for being there when I need you. Uh, but it was, it, it seemed that, you know, when we pray, we usually pray in the valleys when we, we need something mm -hmm. and we kind of tend when things smooth out, uh, forget, uh, and maybe our prayer life becomes less important or what have you. We just become more mundane. Um, but yeah, Jonah's, Jonah's prayer was, uh, he said, I, I can't remember the exact wording. I have to look in here and find it again. But it, it struck me that it, it kind of looks at our prayer life and our, our um, just our, our journey with God, that uh, we need to be closer to him when things are good. Yeah. And, and not only becoming because we need something or, you know, our prayers, uh, all the wants and needs and stuff we require. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I almost feel like it's sort of a... a pendulum here in terms of, I, I've said it before, but we see it all the times in the Old Testament when God's people stop looking to God and kind of think they can take the wheel. Chances are they end up where they shouldn't be in a place where they don't want to be. And then they start praying. And when you're not praying, you're not looking for God. So chances are you're, you're leading your own life in the wrong way. Right. And then you pray and then you're looking at God and finally you get back on the path. And right. it's this, it's this pendulum. Things are good. Yeah. Now you're going to lead yourself yeah. in the wrong way. Things yeah. are bad. God's going to leave you back in the right way. Right. Yeah, it's here where he says, well, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, uh, to your holy temple. So, you know, not only when things were ebbing away, but, you know, the other thing that's interesting is that I guess this kind of shows that no matter where you are, you can pray to God. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you're sitting in the belly of a fish at the bottom of the sea, uh, he still hears your prayers. Yeah, and even before he, uh, well, he says at the beginning of his prayer, out of the belly of Sheol I'll cry, you know, Sheol is hell. From right. the belly of hell, I'm going to cry to you. This is, right. he has reached the pinnacle as far away from God as you can physically be, right. and yet God's still there, and he hears your prayers. And I guess Jesus uh, kind of brought this back, I think somewhere in Matthew, that uh, the three days uh, that Jonah was in the belly of the whale, or the, the fish, <laughs> that uh, the Son of Man would be three days in the ground. So I think there was in Matthew someplace that he, he referenced Jonah. There is a lot of parallel between uh, Jonah's sort of you know, grip and death and, and Christ. Right. And, well, that's why it's going to be our Easter 
oh. or Easter text. Yep. <laughs> Am I spilling the beans? <laughs> you might be. Here's you didn't hear that. There's no connection until Sunday. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. Yeah, but uh, I think there, there might be. I, I couldn't speak to that exactly, but uh, it seems like one of those interesting spots where it's too likely or too coincidental to be a coincidence. Right, right. Exactly. So we, you know, we we get uh, Jonah getting swallowed up, and he he does this prayer to God, and then finally gets tossed up on the land, <laughs> vomited up, vomited up. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't sound very pleasant. No, I can't imagine. I wonder if he was, you know, yeah. I'm sure he was saying a prayer of thanks, but he was probably wiping himself <laughs> off while exactly. he was doing it. Exactly. But this is kind of the start of that pendulum swing back. Right. Right. You know, Jonah was doing his own stuff. He needed to be brought back and now he gets there. But as as we'll see, the pendulum doesn't go very far in that no. direction before it starts swinging back in Jonah. No. He gets a second chance. And blows it. And, and totally blows. Well, not, yeah, I, yeah, he totally blows it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because again, you know, they were pagan people and I guess he believed that they didn't really deserve, but he went anyway. Yep, and I maybe in the back of his mind he was hoping that uh, they wouldn't repent, and then they they get what they deserved. Yeah, didn't turn out that way. Uh, apparently, they uh, the people of Nineveh wore sackcloth and they uh, fasted, and even the king wore sackcloth and sat in the dust and fasted. Uh, so it looks like they were pretty sorry for what they'd done. You don't see that reaction very often from. Uh... People who have strayed that far from God, usually it's a, get out of my city, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Well, I don't even think the people of Israel were that <laughs> repentant at that time. You know, they, they tended to be a little more stubborn. Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't roll over in three days. Mm -mm. So, I mean, this was three days of him in a city of 125,000 people. That word got around pretty quick. Yep. Uh, without social... Uh, Social media. <laughs> media, exactly. He didn't put it on Facebook. Yeah. Well, if it got to Facebook, it probably would have just died. You know, nobody else would have posted it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and then he goes out and sits out uh, to see what's going to happen, and uh, nothing happens. Everybody repents, and God gives them mercy and, and forgives them. Uh, and he, he, gets, pouts. he gets angry, <laughs> he gets upset. You know, and God even you know grows a little vine over him to give him a little shade out there. <laughs> yep. Uh, in the desert, I uh, forgot where it was, but at some point when uh, you know God says, "Are you going to be angry with me?" and he, and Jonah, he's like a child at this point, <laughs> and he just says, "You know, yeah, it's it's good for me to be angry about this stuff." It it just reminds me of a parent talking to their child and like. The child knows the correct answer, but right. they're just so angry and in their temper tantrum, they're not going to give you know give up. You would think, as a prophet of God, that Jonah would have known that God's mercy and forgiveness is for all people, mm -hmm. even the Gentiles. Yep. Uh, but he didn't want to go there. Well, uh, you know, I've plugged this probably four times since I've been here at Zion, but it's it's one of it's a great book. So there's a book called um, The Trials at Nuremberg. Huh. And it's about a, a Lutheran pastor who, during the Nuremberg Trials, he goes and he's kind of the guy who gave the sermons and communion to those who were being tried and possibly put to death. And uh, the big kind of question there is he 
maybe didn't want, you know, it, he did it, but he had that internal struggle of they lived their life so poorly. Why do they deserve to hear the good word of God? Why not right. just keep it to myself? Right. That's no different than what's going on here. And, you know, even it's even difficult for us today to kind of get over the fact that, you know, even if somebody comes to faith a week before their life ends or a day before their life ends, if they come to true repentant faith, they get the same reward that all Christians do. They're this, you know, the parable of the workers in the field. They get that same sum of money than as somebody who worked the whole day. Yes. And that's a tough thing to, to come around to. Well, even with our current things have happened in the last few years with you know, riots and, and uh, mass shootings and all, all the bad things that go on, uh, if, if we were asked to go you know, minister to those people, what would we think? Uh, you know, maybe, might be the same thoughts that uh, Jonah had, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, God's forgiveness is for everyone. And uh, so if, if we were asked to go, would we go? Those, I mean, that's a tough question. It, we, I mean, you can even see it in, in churches today. Sometimes you get somebody who maybe lives an openly sinful life and they come into a congregation for the first time. And sometimes yep. it can be difficult for the congregation to welcome them in yeah. and say, you know, maybe you're not welcome in this congregation. Yeah. God's house is welcome to the sick. And they, that's who they're there for. Yeah. You know, we yeah. all need to be healed. Yep. So uh, God did spare the sailors. Uh, who were pleading for mercy, and, and God spared Jonah, and he, he spared all the Assyrians and Nineveh um, uh, because of... So there, there is a lot of uh, forgiveness and mercy and, and love in, in this book, where, where God showed uh, love and mercy. Yep. Um, I think it was short-lived. Uh, I don't... Which book is it? Um, I think it's Nahum? Yeah. Hundred years later, Nineveh doesn't make it. it yeah, a lot of the it, cities kind of fall. It, it take, it's, it's taken out in the Book of Nahum, I believe. Um, so, they, apparently, their <laughs> their repentance only lasted for about a hundred years, and then they that felt, pendulum. The, exactly, it's your pendulum that went back the other way. I just found the the line that makes me chuckle anytime I read Jonah, and it's uh, in in chapter four. Uh, halfway through verse 8, I believe, or no, verse 9, no, verse 8, sorry, it, God asks him, you know, how he's doing, basically, and, and Jonah says, uh, it is better for me to die than to live, and God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And Jonah says, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. Like, <laughs> tell me that does not just sound like a toddler throwing a ten for tantrum. I'm going to hold my breath and <laughs> exactly <laughs> until I'm I die. pound my fist in the desert floor until right. I die. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yeah, it was rather juvenile. Um, but you know the the lesson there is is a powerful one in terms of you know God really does show who are you to be angry? I gave you the plant and then I took it away in one day. I made this whole city of Nineveh my city. You know, did you do anything for them? No. So who are you to be saying I should destroy them? Yeah, because I guess the last paragraph kind of sums it up, uh, where he says, you have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it to grow. Mm -hmm. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, 
Uh, so, and uh, they had many cattle as well, whichever, I don't know what that had to do with it, but uh, should I not be concerned about that great city? I think that sums the whole thing. Yep. He's, he's concerned. God is concerned about us, about all people. Yep. Yeah, that's an important thing to remember in terms of, uh, you know, it goes all the way back to Genesis. We're made yeah. in God's image, and that's right. what's important. Each right. and every individual he puts on this earth is important to yeah. him. That's what's got to be important to the church. Yes. Every person that is made in God's image, every human being is important to God. Yes. You know, and God's word is important to us, and I I, I don't think he is more is, is much concerned about us hearing that word as how we respond to that word and, and what we do with the word. Um, he, you know, through this whole thing, he was gracious and uh, everyone was receiving mercy, not pun punishment, um, when they, they actually deserved it, but you know, through repentance and through, you know, doing the right things. Um, I wonder what happened to Jonah, you know, directly after this. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of ends there. Yeah, it'd be nice to, you know, to <laughs> stop pounding his fist in the desert and stand up or... Have his little temper tantrum. <laughs> or did he just puff his cheeks longer? <laughs> well, he had a long walk back. That's true. <laughs> so... Yeah, it'd, be an, it'd be interesting to see huh, one of those questions that once you get to heaven, you can say, what happened to Jer? Go find him. Jonah, <laughs> yeah. what, what'd you do afterward? Yeah, how was it in that fish? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, did anything else stand out to you? No, you know, basically it was just you know that, that God was gracious and that you know, he was merciful. Um, and, you know, the city of Nineveh did not receive their punishment. It did surprise me yeah. you know, that Jonah was such a, a crybaby about it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, sure. uh, but there, there is a lot of forgiveness in the book. And, mm. uh, you know, and I guess the other, really, I guess the, the one thing I, I pulled out of it was if we are told to go, it's important that we go. If God asks us to do something, it's important that we at least try to do it. Uh, because if we turn and go the other direction, we might not be given that opportunity, the second chance that he gave Jonah, you know? Yeah, if Jonah hadn't gotten thrown overboard and into the fish, uh, things probably would have been a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, you know, so God stopped him, gave him the second chance. Uh, so, you know, we should, you know, be cognizant of that in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if God gives us a task, it's not going to be up to us to say no to him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yep, it's not easy sometimes to say yes but it's 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 impossible to say no it goes back to that fear factor you know was was he afraid to go to Nineveh for fear that you know somebody might hurt him you know he's walking around preaching doom and gloom you know and he, yeah. he, he, he might get a sword or a spear you know from a soldier uh or was Maybe he just, it was just a stone exactly exactly they might just take you outside the city and, and stone you or was he afraid that God would give them the mercy that they didn't deserve, and uh, there was a vengeance that he was taking out on them, so I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I guess there's a lot of reasons why we choose not to do what God asks us to, but the best path, obviously, is to, His path. to give it your best try. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, Harley, uh, if you don't have any other points, we'll kind nope. of go to the five main takeaways of, uh, okay. of Jonah. So the first one, kind of first and foremost, as we'll see in Jonah, as you summed up pretty well, God's merciful. He is willing to forgive. All you got to do is repent and come to him. He wants his creation to be with him. Uh, second, bring your sins to him. 
he forgives. We have a God who wants to hear from us, and ultimately, as we'll see here in Easter, we have a God who is willing to do anything to get us back. So by all means, all those things that weigh you down, bring them to God because he wants to hear those things and forgive you for them. Uh, third, God is in control. What better book to see that God is in control than one in which a man gets swallowed by a big fish and mm-hmm. then spit back out <laughs> where he needs to be. Uh, fourth, who are we to instruct God on what needs to be done? I teach my confirmation kids this all the time, but you know the, the creation doesn't get to cre- tell the creator what it is. Right. The creator makes what things are. Right. It's not our job to tell God how to run his world. It's just our job to be a part of it mm-hmm. and to do it well with him in mind. And uh, the fifth one, share the good news. It saves. Yeah. Uh, we see, you know, Jonah didn't want to. He was reluctant. But ultimately, the good news gets to Nineveh, and it saves a lot of lives. It does. We live in a world that uh, it needs to hear God's good news. Yes. And it's it's up to his people to share that good news. Exactly. Well, Harley, thanks for uh, for dropping in and, and doing Jonah with me. And uh, for those of you listening, I hope that Jonah is, is uh, as much a blessing for you guys as it was for us. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you.